Hey, 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 Closet Busters, come on and gather around. It's time once again to kick down those closet doors of life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens, Bold Move Expert and Coming Out Coach, and I'm going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloseted. So come on, grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step in to living your truth as we explore more stories, tips, and tricks for living your life uncloseted. Now let's get to the show. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family, all you closet busters and bold move makers, it is time once again for Life Uncloseted. And you know what? I am so sick of this bullying stuff that's going on in our world right now. But when I was a young man, I went through a lot of it myself. And at times I thought, it's all me, it's what I'm doing. And then I realized, no, it wasn't because bullies are bullies are bullies. And a lot of times that means that they're just very insecure people. And I know most of you already know that. But as I started thinking about this and looking at the world around us and realizing that even in this day and age, kids are really suffering from this, especially with the advent of social media, which at my age, I never had to contend with. But in our own ways, we were contending with other stuff. But I do observe a lot of students and kids in my travels as a speaker that are still contending with these bullying things. And then now it seems that this just has become the way we do the world these days is we bully each other. And I had the great opportunity to be talking to Jeff Dorda, who runs a publicity company. And he said, I've got a guy who has a new film coming out about bullying. And I think he'd be a great guest on your show. And as I looked at the press release and everything, I thought this is absolutely a perfect fit to talk about bullying and the effect it has and the things that can be done to really step up and be better people in society. And so today I'm bringing to the show Frankie Coppola. He has a new film out called Bullied, which we're going to talk about. It's about to premiere at the Manhattan Film Festival. And I'm just really excited to have you here, Frankie. I'm really excited to have this conversation. Thank you so much, Rick. I'm, I'm, I, it's a pleasure. Yeah. So this is obviously something that's close to your own heart, I would assume, um, having gone through this yourself and bringing this film to life. Um, it has to be a reflection of some of the stuff I would assume that you went through yourself as a young man. Is that true? Yes. Well, the, the film is based on my growing up in Little Italy in New York City in the late 70s and 80s. You know, uh, the name Frankie Capello was, is still known in the community. My parents owned the restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were very embedded in the community. And I just never allowed myself to bring stuff home. I was fighting the fight on my own. Yep. As most people do that are bullied, right? I mean, most of us fight it on our own. We hide it. We don't want anybody to know. Because there's a sense of, oh gosh, if I say something, it's just going to get worse and it's going to make my issues grow by leaps and bounds. So, um, and I'm going to make some, another assumption here by being in, you know, little Italy um, and your family having a restaurant and everything, this was kind of like, there was already a perception of who you were supposed to be as a, as a man and as a boy, right? You're supposed to probably be this guy. I have three, I had three older brothers and I'm the youngest of four. Um, my parents encouraged me to be the person that they knew I was, mm-hmm. you know, they, they, they didn't try to change me in any which way. Yep. Um, they encouraged me to be creative. They knew that I, and I'm still am loving, caring. And I, I take concern 
with the wellness of others. Mm -hmm. You know, I always say, um, it doesn't take all but a minute to just reach out and say, hi, how are you? How are you feeling? How are you doing? I pride myself on respect for myself and for others. Uh, it's way, the way my parents raised us. Yep. And my brothers and I are still the same way today. I have a very, very big Italian family. Mm -hmm. They had 10 kids, seven survived. Um, and each one had four and five kids. So my mom's family was very well known within the community and outside of the area as well. Mm -hmm. um, but that being said, you know, we, um, my mom was open to straight, gay, black, white, trans, mm -hmm. drag. My parents loved everyone. You know, they didn't see any problem with, you know, they loved me for me and they didn't try to change me in any which way. So what, what was the beginning of the problems for you? I mean, was it that you just didn't fit in because you were creative? Was it that, you know, people had a sense that you weren't like, you know, something that they expected you to be? Where did all this really begin for you as a young man? Well, I wasn't throwing rocks at people. <laughs> I, I wasn't um, bullying others. I led my own parade. Mm. And, you know, I girls rallied around me. Mm. And at a young age, my dad was also uh, VP to a cargo company, so my brothers and I traveled a lot. That being said, I, my brothers and I met a very diverse group of people, different race, religions, and we were blessed to have had that. Mm -hmm. Because it opened up our world to the wonders and the beauty of, the, of life itself. Mm. So I wasn't limited to just my surroundings of of which one would think. Right. You actually were seeing the world and seeing it for all it was. And oftentimes what I found, so I, I traveled a lot too as a kid, not because my parents had anything of any substance, but because my dad was a contractor. So we moved a lot to wherever the building booms were. And every time I'd move, it was like, okay, I've got to start a new group of friends and all this sort of stuff. But I also saw the world through a different lens. And sometimes seeing that world through a different lens was part of the bullying. That was simply because, you know, I didn't see things just in my little bubble in my little corner of the world. And it was really difficult at times to be the kid that came from, okay, you know, the kid from California that ended up in Arkansas, which that's in and of itself is a huge extremity. But then, you know, my parents were kind of young hippies and, you know, not super conservative at that time in their life. And, and suddenly, you know, I was like this outcast that was fighting and trying to figure out who I could be without, you know, really doing the things that would cause people to go, oh, you're just so weird. You know, I just wanted to fit in somehow, some way, and sometimes to my own detriment. So I'm curious, what started to happen for you in your, in your childhood life where this bullying became the thing that you just said, okay, this, you know, this sucks, this didn't work. How did you combat all of this for yourself? Uh, well, first I was, um, my mom knew that I had an interest in the arts. Yep. I sang in the choir mm -hmm. and I loved theater. Yep. And I surrounded myself with the, the magic of creativity and mm. I lost myself within all of that. Um, so it helped me battle and block and remove it out of my life. I never blamed myself for being bullied. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't take ownership to it. Like 
I knew that I didn't do anything wrong. At a very young age, I appreciated my life and life itself. Hence the reason why I was able to write fully and mm -hmm. produce it and have it on the, on the big screen. Because the journey, it, it was a long road. It was a, it was a hard road but I was able to see, there were many times I laid on the floor mm -hmm. and I was spit at and I was called names and I was kicked. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, my, a couple of times my bike was robbed. Mm -hmm. um, and I had the option of either laying down mm -hmm. and then there was one moment when I was laying on the floor and I looked up, the sky was blue. I just knew it's all good. Mm. It's all good. Yeah. But it's good because I, I appreciated my life. Hence the reason why I never hurt myself. I didn't try to, you know, I, I don't understand. I mean, I do get it, I do understand, but I never had the thoughts of suicide mm. or using drugs or smoking or carrying on, you know, to just escape. My escape was mm -hmm. what I loved the most, singing, acting, performing and being creative mm -hmm. that was my out that was my out from all of it i mean it was a positive out and that's why the reason why i moved forward and i knew my voice had to be heard someone was asking recently in an interview why now why do you feel that it was i said i i felt the time was right now because i got tired of hearing of all the kids on the news being bullied um offing themselves, you know, taking mm -hmm. their own lives. And, you know, Matthew Shepard, who lost yeah. his life at the hands of, of others who had no love and compassion for him. You know, we have to have love and compassion. I mean, let's be real here. No parent wants to know that their child is the bully. And it's very shocking to parents when they do find that out. You know, I mean, is it what the bully is going through in his or her own life, what they're dealing with? that's not being brought to their dinner table? And what are they holding on to and hard feelings they're, that they're harboring mm -hmm. themselves? You know, I've had the good fortune of someone from at the back at, in the day come up to me and say, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, yeah, of course. And I said, what's going on? Is everything okay? He said, yeah, yeah, everything's great. He said, but I, I just want to say, if I've said or done anything to you that hurt you in any which way, I'm really truthfully sorry. And I said, thank you. And I said, I forgave everyone within the moments of it happening because I didn't understand why this was happening to me, why I was being called faggot. I didn't know what that word meant. And, ha and the, the kids that were calling me the lovely name, was straight. Mm, mm -hmm. So what did you know about me that I didn't know about myself? Mm -hmm. you know, I, I was uh, years later when I thought about it, I was like, wow, that's, that's really, it's amazing. Like somebody calling me, <laughs> calling me names mm -hmm. and I'm not knowing any of the meanings of any of the names. Right. No, uh, you should never have been born. Um, you know, you, your name should have never been Frankie boy. It should have been Barry, it should have been right. it. I, I don't have to tell you. You know all the names because yeah. we've all been called them before. Exactly. And I, but, I don't hold on to hard feelings. I find humor and laughter get you through 
most of it, and forgiveness. Mm. I mean, if you if the child or even the adult, because adults are being bullied today as well. Absolutely. And you know, if the if the person, let's say the person, male, female, trans, um, if they're being bullied, and if you can find it in the deepness of your heart to forgive them mm-hmm. or they, they know not what they do. You know, yeah. sometimes they don't know what they're doing. It's like they're, they're acting out. And they're well, yeah, acting they're, they're acting out from a space of their own insecurity. It's Absolutely. all it is. And it's, you know, I've heard this over and over and over again, and it took me a long time to finally start to really get it. And um, once I got it, I'm like, yeah, if I really look at the one, the people who have bullied me throughout my life, it's always coming from a space of they don't know themselves. They don't trust themselves. They're afraid to be themselves. And anytime you're operating in one of those three spaces, you're going to outwardly project everything onto somebody else because you're afraid somebody's going to actually see the real you. And once you are exposed, (laughs) there's a possibility that people might not like you. And so that's why they do this. And I've seen it over and over again, and I've watched it happen through my work. And it's, it's a really scary space to know that this is what it's all about. And, you know, we could go down a rabbit hole with, with the current political situation that's going on. But so much of it is coming from a bullying space. And it doesn't matter who's sitting where. So much bullying has started to come out of the closets these days. And what I love that you said, Frankie, is when you said, I know that I don't have to take ownership of the bullying. It has nothing to do with you. It has to do with other people's reaction to who you are or situations they're in. And I hope whoever is listening to this, they really get that piece, whether you're a young person, you're older in life, coming out late in life, going through your own challenges. I actually had an interesting conversation just a couple of days ago with somebody who's potentially gonna do some work with me. And he happens to be, a guy in his mid forties, who's not real happy in his work, but he's very high up in his work. And anybody looking at him would go, wow, you got it all going on. And suddenly, because he's considering stepping away and doing something that he's really passionate about, he's actually getting bullied to some degree by people who are like, what are you stupid? Are you an idiot? Don't you see what you're going to throw away? And I don't think people realize even Things like that, those kind of words are bullying because you're telling somebody else, ooh, this is what you're supposed to be. And oftentimes, I don't think we think of the words that we say, even in everyday normal conversations, that really become something very bullying the more they get said over and over and over to people. So as you've come through this, you know, this happened later in, you know, in your younger years in life, what have you observed in your current life? that's helped you to really just stay the course and, and not let anybody take you down. Because I know every once in a while I will get something because of the stuff I do because of the podcasts and the books. I'll, somebody will come at me and it's like, gosh, here we go again. And I know for me, I just got to go, that's them. It's not me. But what do you do to, you know, kind of ward off any of this stuff at this stage of your life? Well, it's easy for someone to judge. Mm-hmm especially when they've not walked in the shoes of another. Yep. And with that, I just stayed the course. I stayed mm-hmm. focused on what I need to do. Mm-hmm. I don't see, 
I see the person. Yeah. I don't see the sexuality. I don't see the religion. I don't see the color of someone's skin. Yep. And, and I say that because I love everyone. I truly, truly do. That's how I was raised. Mm-hmm. I don't, if I can help someone, it's not who they are or what they can offer me or how they can help me. Mm-hmm. My, I always say, as my mother would say, as my father would say, as my grandmother would say, because I was raised with great understanding mm-hmm. and, life and, and life itself. My grandmother would say, if you want to help someone, you truly help them because you want to help them. It's the same way as truly loving someone. You love them because you truly love them, not for any other reason. There should be no other reason why you help someone other than helping them and not for what you can get in return. Yeah. You know, um, as my father would say, never look left, never look right. Keep your mind and your eyes focused straight ahead on what you need to do for your life mm-hmm. and the betterment of your life. Mm-hmm. And if along the way, you can help others. Do, you do that. That's what you do. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody's hungry, you feed them. If somebody's thirsty, you buy them uh, a water. You, yep. you, that's what life is about. Life is about giving back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed because, as I said before, I never opted for any of the, the negatives blessed upon me and allowing myself to offer myself the negative way sure. out. Yeah. I stayed focused. So that being said, if I can help somebody with anything that I am able to do, mm-hmm. whether it's helping them within their career. Cause I also, I life coach as well. Yep. So if I can listen to someone, you know, I've had people say, you know, I would love to sit and talk to you, but I'm like, you do not have to pay me mm-hmm. because I pay it forward. But that's just me. I'm not saying yeah, that yeah. anyone wants to do that. But I think this is the beauty of, you know, having gone through some of these experiences is when you start to realize and this again is just my perspective, but I'm kind of hearing you have a very similar perspective. What we've been given is our greatest lessons in life to help us move things forward and to also help others. So if I've been bullied, which I have, and I've been called names, which I have, as have you, it gives me the great lessons to help someone else understand, yes, you may experience these things, but don't make it yours. Don't own it. Learn how to step up to it, forgive, and move forward. Because if I can help be that catalyst to do that with someone who's really struggling, you know, who's really struggling with those feelings. In fact, I have a client who's struggling right now because he's going through a separation and divorce and his wife is not, a, not playing nicely at all about him coming out of the closet, keeping his kids from him. And he's getting very, very frustrated and very, you know, and she's a bully. She's a big bully. <laughs> And I knew you and I were getting ready to have this conversation. He and I happened to be speaking yesterday. And I said, you know, here's the thing that I find so fascinating about bullies is it's just their way of trying to get the attention they need that they haven't gotten. And if you could just understand that's what she's doing and she really doesn't have any true concept of self-awareness of what she's really doing because she's so blinded by whatever is driving this. How might you be able to show up better with it? And it was a really, really powerful conversation for him because he goes, you know, I could really come at, come, still come to the conversations or at least come in my own head from a space of love and understanding and caring and forgiveness. And it was so ironic that that's what you said earlier in, in the podcast. And um, 
So let's kind of move forward. You've got the movies going to be here playing soon in the film festival. Um, yes, but I just want to, I just want to jump back to what yeah, you yeah, let's jump. Go ahead, man. Well, you're the person you're working with and his wife. I, um, I had a private screening. It was a big screening, but it was a private screening in New York City. Um, and two of my ex-girlfriends came to the screening. So one of them took me aside and she, she said, was I the, I said, if you're going to ask me if you were the reason why, I said, I was born. Yes. I said, and I was able to at a very young age. I mean, I didn't come out until I, I mean, I, I sort of knew things were changing at 18, but right. I didn't have my first relationship until I was 21. It was a monogamous relationship for seven years, mm -hmm. which I learned a lot about myself within that relationship. But I knew something was not, not that something was different about me. Mm -hmm. Not that something was wrong, because yep. there's, there's nothing wrong with finding your, your true self. Yep. So I explained to her, I said, no, I said, you had nothing to do with it. I said, if anything, I enjoyed my time with you. And that's why we're still friends today, years later. Right. Because we had also, we were dating, but we also had a lot of respect. Sure. And, you know, I, I often, and not often, but I wonder what it would have been like had I stayed in the closet and mm -hmm. never came out and then came out years later. What would my life have been like? Mm -hmm. You know, I hear stories such as the one you just spoke of, and I have to say that I am truly blessed yep. to have learned at a very young age that I was homosexual. Mm -hmm. you know, and now it's 50 years later of world pride. Yeah. years. Could you believe it's 50 years of world I know, pride? That's crazy. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. And here we are. We're, we're, I mean, we're, <clears throat> we're openly talking about LGBTQIA. Right, um, right. You know, we're, we're pushing forward to be a PC society. You mm -hmm. know, uh, we're you know, making, trying to move past all the wrongs and make them right, whether it's uh, something of racial, religion, sexual, uh, political. Uh, I mean, we're moving in the right direction. Exactly. You know, and, and we're blessed. We're blessed to, you and I are blessed to be able to sit here, and so are the listeners of your, your podcast. They're blessed to be able to tune in Yes. Been years ago, there would be no podcast. There would be mm -hmm. no you and I. There would be like, we would be hiding. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So happy uh, World Pride. No doubt. And you know, it's ironic, Frankie, that we're recording this on the day that the, the story is breaking about the Sultan of Brunei um, putting forth that, you know, they are going to, you know, bring um, Sharia law into place for stoning and all this stuff for anybody who's homosexual. And it just goes to show you that for every step forward, <laughs> we got to step a little bit back so that we can continue to push forward. And, you know, a lot of people are up in arms around this and I am too. I, it's ridiculous. It's so scary to see this and we see this in other spaces and we can get really hung up on this. But I see this as this just means we've got to stay the course. We've got to keep showing up. We've got to keep saying bullies like that do not have a place in our world. And this Absolutely. is why I think, you being able to bring your movie, your story to the screen and show it in a way that helps 
anyone, anyone, but especially the LGBTQ community to see that you are worth it. You are worth not being bullied. And I, I hate to see it when I see anybody, but especially younger people feeling like they're not worth it. And every time I see a news story about another young person committing suicide over being bullied or, you know, social media stuff, it, it tears my heart apart because somewhere, somehow we as a society have let those young people down and we've let them down from not helping them see how valuable they really are in the world. And it's not a pointing a finger at anybody in particular. I, I am truly saying we, and, and I'm, like you said, I'm very blessed to be able to do this work that I do. And to bring this kind of stuff to the you know audiences and you to bring your film to the audience as well. And um, I, I find it powerful that you are able to take this medium, your creativity, and bring it forward. So as you're getting ready to launch this you know, in Manhattan, what is the thing you're most proud about, about bringing this <clears throat> movie to life? What, I, what am I most proud about in my life? In your life or about bringing the movie to life, either one. Um, well, um, when I held a private screening, yeah. I had 150 people sit, watch, listen, and learn, and then chat with me after with so many questions about myself, about gay life, about our community. And you know, I, I, this is what I said to one person. You, we, all of us cannot, should not judge each other. Because mm -hmm. we're all we have. And you know what? While, while we're here on this earth, we need to make it better. Make it better for today, for tomorrow, and days that are coming. Mm -hmm. For ourselves and for those who were not even born yet. Mm -hmm. You know, whether, I mean, life should not be, people should not be judged, period. And people should not be looked at for their race their sexuality, their religion, their political views, none of that. Everyone has their own right. Mm -hmm. You have your right to be. You know, if somebody took away my rights, which they tried in yep. bullying me, but I stood up for my rights. And as I say, it's, it's my, one of my many taglines, be you, do you, love you. That's all you can do. Mm -hmm. starting, starting today, let's end bullying. And I, you know, I launched a website, which is part of the film, right. which is bulliedatruelifestory.com. And at the end of the film, there's a listing of websites and people for, to reach out to if you need help. Mm -hmm. They can reach out to me. Yep. I'm open to it because, you know what, We're, we need to help each other. Mm -hmm. We need to show that it does get better, but you have to demand it being better. You have yes. to stand up. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a violent person at all because I love everyone. Even mm -hmm. those that who have hurt me, I forgave them and I wish them well on their journey in life. But, you know, I had to stand up. I had to say that I, I, if I don't stand up for me, nothing's going to change. Right. Yeah. And, and know, it is, it is a per that's where it does become a personal responsibility. I, I, get it. It can be very hard. I'm not going to even, I'm not going to sugarcoat that. It's not easy to stand up in the face of bullying at times or in the face of something that goes against who you are. However, complacency doesn't work either. 
you've got to be willing to be in the, you know, as Brene Brown would say, you got to be willing to enter the arena and to hold someone else responsible for fixing your bullying is a little bit of a big call. You know, it's like, you got to be willing to go do it yourself. And I think this is where a lot of people get scared, but you also have to realize there's a lot of people around you that are willing to help be there with you. But if you don't don't ask, and it's so interesting because this is one of the things that I say in my coaching practice is, well, so who have you asked for help? Who have you asked to support you? And oftentimes people will say, well, nobody. (laughs) It's like, well, then that's where we need to start. First, you need to support yourself. And part of that supporting yourself is being willing to ask someone else to help support you as you go through this, whether it's wanting to lose weight, whether you're wanting to have better relationships, whether you're wanting to succeed better in your career, you need to find the places to go ask for help. And that that doesn't make you weak. That actually makes, in my opinion, that makes you stronger to say, hey, I can't do this on my own. I need some support. Well, let's not, let's not leave out, you know, I I mentioned, you know, race, sexuality, religion, politics, but let's not forget because, you know, people are being bullied because of their weight. Mm -hmm. And now the biggest, which is now on a rise more so than ever, ageism. Yep. Yep. Ageism. And this is what I told somebody recently in our community. Mm -hmm. I said, you know, we keep preaching you know, them, those, they, them, them, them. Yeah, yeah. What, as my mom would say, when you point one finger forward, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So make sure when you're pointing that finger forward that you're on point 100%. Because in order to help somebody see the right, you have to make your life right. And we have to make our community right. I mean, we're working on that. We're, we're moving forward and being coming we, we, you know, we unite, we, right. we're strong together. Like you said, if, if you're being bullied, if you don't reach out to anybody, nobody's going to help you because they don't know what's happening. Right, exactly. But, but the thing is, excuse me, but the thing is, um, ages in, in the gay community or the LGBTQ, yep. is it IA or AI? IA. <laughs> IA. The LGBTQIA community, um, Ageism is very, it's, it's on the rise. It's, it's, yeah. it's so sad because, yeah. you know, I mean, are you outcasting those who are not the, of a certain age? Right. Are they not, they, they are, do we, do we not offer anything anymore because you reached a certain plateau in your life right. or you're a certain age? You know, that's where that fine line of divide comes because if it's the, the young need to learn from the elders, Yep. I mean, I, as a child, I always gravitated towards somebody who was older because they had knowledge. They mm-hmm. lived. I wanted to learn. You yep. know, um, somebody said recently, well, what was it like growing up in New York City? I said, well, what part of my life would you like? Right, exactly. <laughs> Tell me about the, the fun, the hard, the crazy, right. the entertainment in my life, uh, all of it. Right. All of it. Tell me all of it. I want, I want to live vicariously through you and seeing what you saw, how you lived. I said, well, you know, New York City was seedy. It had graffiti. I, I mean, you, you, I was running around through the club scenes. Of right. course, I was young, but I, was, I, 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 I just wanted to have a good time and, and laugh and dance and, you know, listen to great music and hear people talk about great stories, learn about 
actors and actresses and, you know, and, and cultivate myself in, in, in life and life itself. And I don't see that as a need today because right. we went from a we society to an I society. Yep. Selfie, I mean, take a selfie doesn't, you know, it's really about self. Right, exactly. And if it's about self and you're being bullied, then work on yourself so you can move forward and help others. And let's stop bullying of all sorts. Absolutely. Not just one area, all mm -hmm. of it across the board. Absolutely. You know, you know those, those that are elders, people that are in their 70s and 80s. You know, you know there's, a, there's a Bette Midler song that sang about um, hello in there. You know the song? Yep, yep. I mean, the words are so profound. And when, you know, when you're walking down the street and you see that elder walking towards you and you see those eyes that are hollow and sad because maybe they don't have anybody to mm -hmm. that's reaching out to them. That being said, that's the same as a young child being bullied Absolutely. and afraid. And they have those same hollow eyes because they don't know where to go, who to reach out to. And that's why Bullied, a true life story has come about. So, you know, I, I wanted my voice to be heard because I got tired of hearing on the news about all the children offing themselves and you yeah. know, taking their lives and feeling that their lives didn't matter, you know? And, or, you know, hearing adults talk about being bullied in the workplace or mm. at home or, you know, I mean, it, 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 it's, it, will it end? Yeah. I don't know. I hope it will end. I hope we can put an end to bullying because it's a, it, it makes life so much harder. Absolutely. Well, I love what you're doing, Frankie. Good luck with the film. And it's going to be at the Manhattan Film Festival, correct? It's going to be showing at the Manhattan Film Festival uh, the 9 p.m. Uh, slot on April 26th, awesome. my birthday. Awesome. What a great birthday present. Gift. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, that's great. So, if anyone needs to reach out, they could go to bullyatruelifestory.com. I'm reachable. Um, I'm excited. Rick, thank you so much for this interview. I'm Oh, of course. I'm so excited to have shared you with the world and we're going to we're going to have everything where you can connect with Frankie, get um <clears throat> insights about the film and if you're in the Manhattan area, please try to make a, an appearance there. I, I'm just going to put a plug in for film festivals because I'm a film festival fan. I work them. And trust me, folks, when you get to go to a film festival, you get to see creative works that you will be amazed at. And their stories yeah. just like Frankie's that are so important to get to hear. So, um, so yeah. The Manhattan Film Festival. Yep. Manhattan Film Festival. And we'll have all the connections for you to connect up with Frankie. Thank you so much for being here, man. So appreciate you and love to having this conversation with you today. All right, there you have it. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end, but that's okay. We're going to be back in just a couple of days sharing more stories, tips, tricks, and wisdom for helping you live your life uncloseted. And you know what? You can share it too. Just take a few moments if you like and if you believe in this podcast and share it with someone you know today. Share it from your phone, go share it on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you are. Maybe even give us a rating review because you know what? It's all about the planet living their life uncloseted. I'm Rick Clemens, host of the show and the guy who helps you make those big, bold moves. 
and I hope you never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted. Catch you real soon. Take care, everyone.